This is The Rabbit Hole with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson. For tyre power, enter the Vegas competition. Buy four Toyo Open Country Tyres, your trusted tyre experts. Tyre power. Hello everyone, welcome to The Rabbit Hole, episode 29. I think we're only down for 30, weren't we? I'll keep going anyway, and I love doing it that much. Find us at uh, The Rabbit Hole SEN on Twitter, and we're here thanks to Tire Power by Four Toyo Open Country Tires. You'll be doing it on your own. And you could win a trip to Vegas. Hey, Wisp. You'll be doing it on your own. Good morning, Gary. Uh, Great to be here with you again on this very special day, because on this day, 56 years ago, you were lifted from the crib. Panch picked you up and said, looks looks like one of mine (laughs) down there in Tassie. You were born in Tassie 56 years ago today. In uh, beautiful Devonport, downtown Devonport. Tasmania. Panch was coaching the Devonport Magpies, right. I want to say. Right. And um, but his coaching tenure had come to an end. He was coming right. back to the mainland. But I did pop up on the thirteenth day of September and spent three beautiful weeks there. Right. And then came back. So he dropped Bev off at the uh, the local hospital two weeks earlier. Yeah, would have gone out and had a game of golf, gone to the pub at a Palmer, and uh, got a call saying, "Yeah, you got a boy." I think he was excited to have a boy. Right. He'd had a, his first uh, and two beautiful daughters, right. who I must mention. Yes, Tracy. Yes, <laughs> and Joe. Don't forget Joe. No, 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 no. We don't forget Joe. We forget Tracy. <laughs> don't forget she, Tracy. She cuts up rough. Too. You've never spoken about Tracy. In fact, I didn't know that you had another sister called Tracy. Yes. Why do you? never talk about Tracy. I love Tracy. I know you do, but why do you never talk about it? Jen come up in... Well, because she has the heater on when I go up here to Kyabram, <laughs> unlike her elder sister that doesn't. So there you go. You got a good mention. She's beautiful. <laughs> I love them. Love them all. Uh, is it a big thing in your family uh, to have a birthday? We know what. Nikki's a very big birthday. Oh, I like a good celebrator. She's a great birthday celebrator, and uh, she calls it the day of days. Mm. She, she's the 24th of December. Ah, oh, right. So mm. she almost has to share it with um, yeah. old St. Nick. Yeah. So that is a festival when you've got, that it makes it for right. a very difficult period. But uh, no, she she and my boys and their partners will all head out to dinner tonight. And you're paying. Probably. Yep. <laughs> Probably. Are you a good, uh, is it a gift thing, your birthday, your family birthdays? Is everyone expected to buy a present? Not really. Oh, uh, the boys do. You'd be disappointed. The bottom lip would drop a little bit Nikki if you didn't does. get something. Well, Nikki's very good, and the boys do. Um, yeah, but that's all. If I, oh, actually, Mum already gave me a present. What did she give you? To the man that has everything. <laughs> it's a very good... <laughs> I want to embarrass my beautiful mum. She gave me a, a, fu- a, a little... It was wrapped up in a little square, um, you know, uh, present. So mm. I wrapped it, and it was a... Fu- you, you stuck this thing on your dashboard of your car... That you can then stick your phone on. That's a great gift. Oh, it's wonderful. Have you put on your? No, I told her <laughs> I won't be using that. So face, you put it away for a couple of years, and then Pancho will get it for Christmas. Face, face, beautiful face dropped a bit. I didn't want to really. It was kind of one mm. of the not you know if you got a older car then absolutely because older cars weren't mm. made for mobiles, but mm. with a newer car you know you got. You get all those facilities, and you can do it all by voice. Mm. I got some dried fruit for my birthday a oh, while back. Off, your, off Edna? No, 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 from uh, the family, which I love. I love dried fruit. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd be- A variety of dried fruit. I'd be fuming <laughs> if someone- Gave me dried fruit for my birthday. <laughs> I don't want to sound materialistic, but not- But then that's okay. No. That's okay. That's all. But I know I'm only joking. I'm not really- 
um, oh, no, uh, you're present not. driven, but no, you're it not. is nice when one comes along. No, you're not joking. And the phone holder <laughs> wasn't quite cutting it. <laughs> That right now, <laughs> but you'll go out for dinner mm-hmm. and you'll have a big meal. Yep, China, and you'll you know, go. You you'll go Asian it. because you love your Asian food, don't Asian you? Asian fusion. Yes, I love it. Not when East meets West, more when just Asian meets Chinese. East meets Chinese. East. I like Chinese yeah. food. I love it. I know you do. Very good Chinese food. I don't. And know. I can almost, if I was ordering for you tonight, yes. I'd go. Mm-hmm. I'd t- this is what I'd do. Yep, I'd go for a um, a soup, chicken sweet corn. I'd go for a sanchebao. Chicken sanchebao. I'd go for some uh, calamari. I'd make sure that it's cooked properly. No rubbery. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and beef black bean. Yes. And the name of the person serving you, what might his name be? No. Well, David <laughs> is normally our server. At the Tao Tao House in Hawthorne. His name is David and he's a champion. That to me is as good a night as I can mm. hope for. You can take all your, fa- I, I can fancy restaurant. Right. I like all that stuff as well. But just with your family and your, you know, your close loved ones, sitting around with the lazy Susan, mm. with the lazy Susie. She doesn't like you. <laughs> and just, you know, helping yourself. Yeah. That's as good as it gets. Did you always know David's name? David at Taltau is no longer there, but right. I've been going there for 20 years, and he is a, he's a superstar. Right, because I hear you might have been a little bit rude the first time you went there. You Boy. didn't know David's name, and you just said, hey, you. Is and that right or not? Tim, you are doing your level best to get us put off here, so I won't be doing that joke either. <laughs> you didn't know my name. God, help me, Tim. <laughs> so this, what this a, calamari's rubbery. Well, thank you very much. What about what a um, what a big week we've had in terms of the finals, Tim. The first week of finals, I've got to move on. Yes. Uh, thank you everyone for the birthday wishes too, which was very very nice and uh, very kind. The first week of finals was crazy. It was crazy, un- crazy. AFL finals we're talking about. Beautiful. It was. It was heartwarming. It was. To see so many people there the watching number. the games and the passion that they were displaying in barracking for their teams. 289,147 people attended four games. 92,636 on Thursday, 92 and 26 Friday, 65 on Saturday, and then up at the Gabba 36 plus. It came through the TV set. I know you were there, so you saw three of the games live at the MCG, which yep. must have been an amazing experience for you. But to actually sit back and watch it in your lounge room as well, like you, you actually, it was so intense and it was noise. Yeah, it was, it was just a great experience to sit and watch the football. I don't know that, I don't know that, I can't recall the last time I saw three finals in succession like that, that I had that same feeling about the enormity of the occasion. Yep. yep. So Collingwood fans never let you down. In terms Never. of passion and turning up in their Week drive. in, week out. So we're not surprised there. They play Melbourne who um, have not had a reputation for that same sort of passion spirit, but against Collingwood they came out back at the MCGs and then they had the whole Maynard and Brayshaw thing, so there was this palpable tension in the air which added to the whole drama. Mm. Drama, drama, drama. Carlton on Saturday, uh, sorry, Friday, the next night, it was it was louder. But, mm. but mm. well... Yeah, they've been was, saving up the blue fans for I a long so. time, though. That's what it's, that's what it felt like. That's what it felt they like. They exploded on Friday night. Yeah, 
and they were ninety two thousand. So uh, it, oh, it felt yeah, so it felt louder because there were more Carlton fans, mm. much much more Carlton fans, mm. many more than Sydney. Whereas Collingwood had more fans than Melbourne, but not you know the greater discrepancy. That's why it was so sort of oh, it was tribal. Yeah, and the director's job for a final like that becomes really important too because as a director, TV director, you get to choose the picks and that type of thing, right? So you're producing the show. You know, like the moments where you can just go to just like crowd noise, sound up, yeah. you know, choosing the right shot that not only shows the emotion of the players but the passion of the fans and yeah. cutting between the two. Like it's, it's – a good point. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big job to be able to get that right for those big games and those big moments. Well, people at home wouldn't – Probably and yeah, they don't appreciate just what is involved there in terms of how that all works. Unless you've sat in a truck and mm. watched, watched a, you know a yeah. live broadcast go to air, the, so the the, the the director's got a whole bank of uh, shots in front of him, yep. and just cry, he yells out which which shot he wants. A lot of pressure. There's a lot. There's an enormous amount of pressure, and you know it's a choice. Like it's almost like okay, here's the. Here's the all these uh, screens. So there's 12, 14, 20 might be different shots. Okay, which one of those are you going to pick now to mm. best yeah. describe the moment? And when we're in, when we're commentating, you're then talking to your producer about: Can we get this shot? Can we see? You know, can we have that, mm. that Maynard from that angle? You know, that goal was touched. Can I? Can you? And so you're given, and then he's then asking for these things back to. Gee, it's a hotbed in there. It is. It is, and uh, that leads me to another little conversation too because in the last 24 hours we watched a game over in the States NFL game Jets uh, Aaron Rodgers playing as quarterback for the first time goes out of the game after about four minutes injured we now know that he's probably not going to play again for the rest of the season out for 12 months he's 39 years of age he may never play again but there was a discussion around the commentary and you and I talked about it this morning I've you know just read an artic- another article about it where he got injured but Joe Buck and Troy Aikman who were the commentators at the time they pretty much they didn't speculate. They didn't really back over it that much. Very matter of fact, they were. They were very matter of fact. And then you think, okay, well, maybe they covered it the right way. Like, we tend to probably go overboard on the speculative piece. Look, I, you hear commentators say, look, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a medical expert, but that looks yes. like it might be da 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 I've made that mistake. Yeah, well, I think we've all made that mistake. Mm. And I'm, I was just reading this this morning. Well, you know... Probably what we should do is say, look, we don't know the extent of the injury, but as soon as we do know the extent of the injury, we're not going to speculate what it might be, what it might mean, but when we do get the facts, we'll present those to you. Yeah. So everyone's got their own technique. Everyone's got their own style. The build-up was so big, and then the injury was so stunning that we, or our style, or the people probably that I've worked with, we would, would have been bigger on the impact of, they just said, injury, off, mm. we'll mm. let you know what happens, and moved on to the game, which, as you said, has been pl- uh, applauded and lauded, which is fine. Others would have gone, drama here, you know, MetLife Stadium, the massive signing, the year, the season, the whole future of this network, <laughs> and all yeah. that sort of stuff. So yeah. you can take your pick, you know, yeah. which one you like. There's yeah. no right or wrong. No, no, they just immersed themselves back in the game and they said, okay, clearly they thought, okay, let's not spoil this viewing experience for anyone else. For a Jet fan, yeah. we're not going to roll over and say, look, oh, this season's done and dusted now. Mm. Because that stage, they didn't know how serious it was. But they also had still another three hours of, uh, the game to broadcast. Mm. We, 
So Channel 7 broadcasts all the finals. So you're out on the ground for a period of time on the stage and then you go up into your box to call the game, which is great. Um, we And we are out there, Fox, out in amongst, right amongst the crowd on the, what's known as the meatloaf stage. Mm. <coughs> Excuse me. That is slap bang in amongst the crowd. Sorry, right. I've got a cough. That's okay. Yeah, so you're right You're right there in the middle of the crowd. So you've got fans on three sides yeah, of you. and th- that is, you are immersed in the cauldron. Mm. And for us who don't go and sit out in the crowd, it's a shock to your senses. Like What, what part of you was shocked by? Noise, like? the noise. The, right. The, like, so we're doing the pre-game. Um, the pre-game's okay. The post-game was when it's you know, people are leaving the ground. Yeah. They're screaming. Yeah, I've got head, you know, earphones mm. in. Uh, e-pieces rather, so you don't really know what they're doing, but some of it's anger, some of it's this, some of them being dickheads, you know, most of them are just being supporters, but it is, it was like so real, and, and it is, it's an experience, like if you haven't experienced it for a long time, the roar when Carlton kicked yeah. the goal, the the roar, the guttural it, it roar, got inside, mm. you know, and and the same with mm. all the other teams, but they were the loudest. Carlton and Collingwood and Melbourne and um, Sydney, that was the loudest. And then you had the St Kilda and the Giants one, which I'm assuming was probably down a couple of decibels. Yeah, yeah but I mean, for, it was kind of a, you got a sense that these other teams were playing for everything, mm. like that the Premiership was on the line. Whereas you just had a sense that the St Kilda and Giants, which I think in the end now we look at the Giants and go, they could do anything. But the others was a bit of a sense of, okay, it's good that they're here and anything beyond here is going to be a bit mm. of a bonus. That's, so there wasn't that, that you know, the, the cutthroat if we, you know, we, it, we we're on the precipice. It was, all right, we're here. Let's see what happens. Not to mention, not to say, because St Kilda fans were, you know, we get there early. And I spoke to a lot of fans that were just mm. leaning over the fence. And, uh, yeah, they were all nervous, but just happy to be there. How do you reckon you went? Do you evaluate your performances on the way home in the car? Do you think to yourself, oh, I could have said that. I could have been a bit better here. Yeah. Or are you somebody Sometimes. that just packs it up and then goes home and thinks, okay, tomorrow I've got to do it all again? No, no, not at all. Are you a reflector? Yeah, we've got a job to, you know, we've got a job to try and convey what that atmosphere is to people sitting at home. And I, the most f- feedback I ever had about that was when I was over in Perth doing that stuff, and I think that was because people couldn't get there. Yeah. And then it really was impressed upon me how important it is for our job because we, you know, we represent people who aren't at the ground, and it's our job to try and convey the emotion, the you know, the excitement, the tension, the drama, all that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, you, just, you do your best and wander off. Oh, your best, you do your best, and uh, your best. <laughs> Is uh, is a long way better than most others' best too. If you don't mind me saying, I'm sure you won't mind me saying. How that. the little show? How did you start your little show? Last Our little week? show. We had the soft launch last week. Uh, went very late to air, about ten fifteen. Had a bit of feedback about the uh, the wardrobe, which will be corrected the, for those uh, when we go to air tonight. Those that don't realise what we're talking about, talking finals, talking finals. I tell you what, I was really impressed because that was the first time that Joel and Trent had worked on TV in that type of environment, I thought they did a great job. For mm. first up, you know how nervous people get, and even yeah. the ones you think are not going to get nervous, people do get nervous when they're doing uh, TV. Mm. I thought they did a great job. Right. They, you know, they had, a, had, had enough to say, like plenty to say. They weren't trying to be too controversial in any way. I don't think there's, – there's, I don't know there's anyone that's ever stepped out of the game and then has wanted to be somebody that's been sort of like the opinion maker of the game. Now, people drift into that over a period cool. of time. Well, Corn even probably has sharpened his 
act as he's gone and has become sort of more opinionated as a result of that because he understands what he's doing. But, you know, not necessarily the player who has just finished playing. He's still, you know, he's still inserted in the game. Like, he still sees himself as a player and from the player's perspective. And I've encouraged that in this particular show because I think that's a point of difference. Like, I want to know. I want to know from the player's perspective. I don't want them to stand out there and say, okay, well, you know, like I'm just a a casual observer of the game now. I don't have any allegiance to the players. I think they do, and I think I'd like to hear what they have to say from the player's perspective. And you've got Dimmer Hardwick, which will be really fascinating given uh, he and Trent spend so much time Mm. with the two pivotal players in that unbelievable run of uh, Richmond's three flags. That's right. That's right. Uh, You know, last week we spoke about and had great feedback too about Darren Buick and the 1993 Um, this week this particular week one of the great celebrations that occurs each and every week at this time of the year and we're going all the way back to 1994 is there was an amazing performance in a final play between Melbourne and the Bulldogs at the MCG I just want to I just want to just take ever so slightly a deviation and just play this to you just to maybe take you back all those years ago to the MCG. Ball spills for Gary Lyon, spins out of trouble and kicks the first goal of the game. Lyon causing the Bulldogs plenty of problems. Gary Lyon again, you would think he could kick the distance and he's got the perfect score, three for three. Lyon directly in front. The D's are on fire. Oh, what a kick. What a magnificent kick by Lyon. It's his seventh goal. Gary Lyon just points to the goal and says, don't worry about us. But he does. He chips into the pocket and he's found him again. Southern's now full-back picking up Gary Lyon. Steve Prettyver on the bench. Here's number 10 if he's accurate. And he is. Oh, this is some final speak by Gary Lyon. Yeah, what a performance by Gary Lyon. Embarrassing. <laughs> I'm not sure. Embarrassing. I'm not sure that they are. Tim, <laughs> what about that's Bernie Quinlan there? Could, he be, could Bernie have been more matter of fact? That's a, oh, that's a that's a nice performance yeah. from Gary. You know what you could do? If you were a real mate of mine, mm. you would get get it Hudson, Whiteley. <laughs> no, Hudson, Jared would be too circumspect. <laughs> Russell and Hudson with Lloyd and Revolt. A special comment that. Now, not only have you relived it many, 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 many times, the 10 goals. Can I just say this? And before I talk about yeah. the 10 goals with you, but not only have you- <laughs> wait, wait, Are we rehashing that segment, all modesty aside? All modesty aside, okay. <laughs> we'll get to that in a moment. But you haven't been the only one that's talked about the 10 goals. Others have spoken about it since that day. And in particular, your late great mate oh, spoke- no. Well, he he reckoned, he, he said every year I brought it up. Which I didn't, but it would get bought up in, you know, the footy record or something. Oh, would it? Yeah. And then I'd, I would just go, don't forget to <laughs> Okay. Well, on the back of that, it, there was an article written by Ashley Brown, who's a fine journalist. I think it might have been in the footy record. That's and this may be what Spub was referring to on this particular day. Yeah, the article's about Gary kicking 10 goals in 1994. Now, for those guys in Australia... 
Gary Lyon in 1994 versus the first semi-final versus Footscray. Kick 10. That's right. He kicked 10 for those people driving your car or in the garden. We know. Everyone knows. But no, every year. First week of the finals, we have to read this again. Gary is the last way to kick 10 goals in a final every bloody year. We have to go through it. Oh, talk about Sandra Sully with the late news, Brownie. We, we have to shovel it out of the room every year. Boys, and uh, it says here our ball use was great and blokes were hitting me on the chest, which to me means you were playing on witches' hats. If you had 10 marks on your chest, who'd you play on? 16 marks, actually. So that Cyrus is Not Danny Gilbert. Look, there was a couple of photos. The, the one... <laughs> Oh, is that it? Is that it? No. Oh, is that it? I can listen. You to, I can listen to this fud go off <laughs> on a rant for hours. Uh, so you have brought it up a couple of times over the years. Let's be honest. It probably did. It becomes a standing joke. Well, there's famously, uh, um, I call him a journalist, but one bloke thought I was serious when I did my standard joke um, uh, earlier. <laughs> oh, in the recently, year. recently, did. yeah, he did. So, what do you remember about that particular day? Where do you want me to start? Well, start at the very beginning. <laughs> when you woke up that morning, did you get, did you get up and I watch Sounds Honestly, Unlimited with Donny Sutherland? I can't do all... I know you launched All Modesty Aside. Yes. What was that about? Again? That was about the time that I won the Escort Cup Grand Final for Essendon. Yeah. All Modesty Aside. I can't do it as well as you. <laughs> yes, you can. No, I can't. I did <laughs> kick... The, I did, it was... Was th- there any Joe the Gooses over the back? No. It was three goals, mm. three goals, mm. four goals... And then I got a, a little knee in the hamstring mm. at three-quarter time. It was a corky. It wasn't a hamstring. And mm. they said, how is it? I said, no, it's all right. And five minutes in, I just came off. Right. And who, that was it. Who played on you? All of them. <laughs> <laughs> who started on you? Stephen Crediok. Right. How many did you get on Steve? I'm uh, not sure. Um, how many? <sighs> probably five. Five. But he had a couple of goes. Right, okay. So he started, who was next? Matthew Croft. Right. He, not very long. No. Keenan Reynolds. Right. Did, no. No. And? Back to Critter. Right. Um, Danny and, Southern. Right. Yeah. So you, there's five. You've gone through five of their defenders Pretty in the cool. afternoon. Yeah. Um, Did you give them any lip? At any stage? Didn't have to. No, right. No. Just look at the school board boys. 10-4. Ten, ten, four. <laughs> 16 marks. 14 shots. It was, it was, look, it was- Were you seeing them like a, were you seeing no. them like a pineapple, were you? Delivery was, and I would, Was solid? This is all modesty aside. All modesty aside. The delivery was very good. This is how good the delivery was. Right. Todd Viney hit me three times on his left foot. He couldn't hit me on his right foot. Well, Todd couldn't hit the side of a barn with a handful <laughs> no, of wheat. He, he was hit. He was putting these left foot zingers <laughs> like he was Darren Jarman down my throat. And um, but I tell you my favourite one. I, I'm not going on about it. I will if you want, but I'm not going to go on about no, it. No, keep going. Keep going. No, no. I had nine goals right, and my best mate and the guy I spent all my time with was Brett Lovett. Mm. And this this remains one of my favourite memories. And he and I used to, you know, we understood each other. We played so much footy together. We played a lot of state footy together. And, and you know, we spent all our Christmases because I was married. We were married to sisters and all that stuff. And we worked out this bit of a plan that, that I'd say, 
if I give a lead and then I point as if to him to have a shot at goal, mm. you know that I, I'm, I'm going to go three steps back and turn around and come back at you, mm. right? So I had nine goals. That was the commentary at the end there where the bloke says, whoever it was, that I, you know, and Lyon points to the goals. That that, that was our plan. I led, right. made out, you know, Danny Southern Ironer. So I said to, you know, lovey, have a shot, pointed to the goals. Right. Three steps, turn around, bang. Right. There it was. There it was. Yeah. On the chest. And old Danny Southern, you just go, what, what's good? <laughs> but there was our, and then now I kicked the goal and that was the 10th goal and he and I just started laughing our heads off. That was the funniest thing about it. We won, we won easily. It wasn't, I played, I played. Well, did you get the burnout? Did you get the best? This is all modesty aside. Yeah. Best player that day? Of course I did, yeah. but. It was, you're the forward, you mark, they kick it to you, you mark it and kick it. Yeah. Yeah, there was a couple of others, you know. Right. That would have gone goal, you contenders, but the others were pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) Goal of the year, contenders. (laughs) Um, But anyway, yeah, I can't do it like you did. So the 16 marks, were they all just sort of like chesties? No. Contested. Contested, okay. Yeah. How many contested? I don't know, Tim. <laughs> I like detail. I don't you know, know. That. I can't remember. Well, the following week, you kicked three of Melbourne's eight yeah. in the final against the West Coast Eagles in the pre Well, unfortunately- Eight this, goals is not a lot for a whole game. No. Unfortunately, this was an anomaly of that system. Were you injured going into that game because you went off late in the game? No, well, we had to- we won that prelim, by, uh, sorry, the semi by whatever, and then we had to go to Perth yes. to play the Eagles on their home deck. And they, they did give us a touch-up, and then they went on to win the flag, did they, 1994? 94. Yeah, yeah, they, they, did. They, yeah they did. Yeah, they did, yeah. So did you, well, you, you would have gone into that game then injured, were you? Because you've come off that game the week before against no. the Bulldogs injured. No. Or did you just want to sort of acknowledge the crowd? Yeah, no, I did. I got a very nice What sort of reception did you get? Large. <laughs> <laughs> but then, this is the funny thing, right? No, no, not that funny. So, yeah, of course, you, we, we got the game in hand, had a little, mm. little knock on the hamstring, so not going back on. And then they go, do you know that the rec- all-time record in the history of football for goals in a final was 11 or 12? I said, oh. oh, get me back on. Yeah, told me that I'm on a stone. <laughs> <laughs> that is an extraordinary performance, though, 10 goals in a final. Oh, no, I'll get into trouble again. This is all tongue-in-cheek, everyone. This is just a uh, all modesty aside. Mm. It's a little segment that we tried once that Wish nailed. <laughs> it was, it, again, I'm, I'm saying this. It does. It is, and I'm, I laugh. All modesty it. aside, though, no, it's it unbelievable performance. No, it is, yeah. <laughs> I'll get it out <laughs> You were much better right. before we came on all, here. All modesty aside, <laughs> I had 10-4 halfway through the third quarter. There you go. Yeah. That is that is that is pretty. Amazing. That is amazing. Yeah. That is extraordinary. And what did you win the game by? I don't know. Was it was it a big margin? Yeah, David Schwartz was extraordinary. Mm. David Schwartz played centre half forward and was played one of the great games. Mm. Unfortunately for him, well, <laughs> sadly for him, he couldn't get in the votes. No, he didn't get you much. got three, you got two, and you got one. Did he get much of a look? <laughs> was that your greatest ever game? No. No. Oh, you play better than that. No, it wasn't. And I say this sincerely. It, of course, it was. It sounds great. So that's listen. not your best game no, ever. Wouldn't be. Well, where the, was your best game wouldn't ever? Wouldn't be in top five. Where? No, top. Give me your not top even five. top ten. What? No. Nah. Well, tell me, how can you play a better game than that? Well, just because, just because 
you, you kick the goals on that day, it's great. So you have a bigger impact in other games. Oh, you probably can't if you can't. <laughs> <laughs> I can't go on with this. Enough of this. Enough, enough. Oh, it's your birthday. Yeah. Have you got any all modesty aside? No, no. Today? It's your all modesty aside this week. Yeah. I have got other games where I can put all the modesty aside, but not today. Oh, yeah, not well, today. Good. We'll, we'll, we'll get to those. But that is fine. That's what finals footy is. It is. And I think about it all the time when we go along to finals. How lucky these blokes are that they're playing at a time of the year when you want to be playing. And? And what? And how you dominated finals <laughs> at that time of the year. <laughs> Mr. September. <laughs> Break. It's time to talk farming for Kubota. For over 40 years, Kubota's been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. Uh, yes, it's time for a smoko if you're on the land. Uh, so just uh, take your boots off, go back to the house, have yourself a cup of tea, maybe... Scratch. Uh, <laughs> what? A scratch. Oh, a scratch. Yeah, have a scratch. Yeah, mate. What? What's morning tea these days in on the land? Uh, would you get a scone jam and cream? Would the would the would there be a scone jam and cream? No, I think the days of Auntie Dulcie are long over. A bicky. Maybe a bicky. Anzac. Maybe you get an, maybe an Anzac. Uh, you get a dunker. Uh, um, dunking biscuit. Uh, maybe, maybe if if um, if they've been into town early, they might have gone to you know, you know pay some bills and picked up a chocolate eclair. There might have been a little uh, fate outside the local supermarket. Maybe they picked a up a little. Yeah, maybe something like that. Vanilla slice, yeah. little snot block. Yeah, maybe. So when you come in off the land and you have that, yep. um, and you can have a listen to the, the old Kubota together we are shaping and building Australian farming segment that is. Um, Compulsory listening for those on the land. It is. It is. In fact, I had some feedback during the week mm-hmm. um, about what it. We, what did we do last week? Well, we did about uh, shifting the sheep to higher ground. Oh, that, and I said, get the Kubota out. a lot of people out last <laughs> week. Get the you said, build a, build a mountain and put the sheep A mound. Uh, mm-hmm. Dig a hole and build a mound. And that uh, got some great feedback. Good. A lot of people hadn't even thought of that. But mm. uh, there's a couple of people out there that want us to extend it into sort of like gardening because we've only really sort of got to the edge of the garden. Uh, we haven't mulch. gone into it in a... That mulch mix you put yes. three weeks ago yeah. is, I think someone's picked up on it. Well, they, oh, I can't really probably go into much detail about this, but a man from uh, a big company beginning with B contacted me. Bunnings. Yeah. Oh, God. You got it out of me. <laughs> <laughs> you got it out of me. The wisps extra mulch. <laughs> um, well, this is, so we're doing this on a Wednesday. It's 20, it's about 22 degrees today. Yeah, balmy. Balmy. So. We're heading 26 tomorrow, 26 Friday, and maybe even warmer Saturday. Mm. And you know what that means? I do know what it means, that uh, the sleepy old slitherers are out. That's right. So, have you got a tip for people then? Yes, keep all that grass and stuff around your house nice and. Sh- I got a brush cutter the other day. Yes, from um, uh, from Kubota. Do they do brush cutters? Yeah, they do. I got a br- brush cutter. Yep. Get out there and just everything around your house, just whip down, keep everything nice and mow, nice and short. Mm. So you, they're going to be there. They will. Snakes will be there, they will. but you need to see them. Yep. Don't you, you? Yep, you do. And uh, you need to get out there often. And uh, I've found the snake to be a territorial type yeah. reptile. You're a so. bit of a snake whisperer. I'm, I've been very nervous around them, but I mm. did a snake handling course on the footy show. We had to do a segment one day mm. handling snakes. Mm. And the only way I was allowed to do it is if I did a three hour snake handling course. Right. And I can handle a snake now. What did you learn? 
But what did you learn during the course? Well, I learned that they're more probably out in the wild, far more scared of us than we are of them. Yeah, that's leave them alone, hmm. and they'll. Yeah, but that doesn't mean you won't step on one every now and then. That's why you got to well, keep. You, we can almost step on them. Keep yeah, slash. They like to sun themselves, so but they you, like sunny. They like a sunny spot. I've, over the years that I've observed them at Glen Maggie, they'll go to the same spot day after day, almost at the same time, really? and they love lying out somewhere where they're on a rock. Oh yes, we know that. On a everyone knows that. Like a warm farmer to know. That. A warmish place, but uh, yeah, but you know the you 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 know the temperament of the different varieties. Well, I know the temperament. Like. Well, the difference between the brown and a black belly, uh, well, red belly black. Share that with our farming fraternity. Well, they're far more farmers well, that might realise. Well, I think most well most farmers will know that the brown's more aggressive than the black. The black will She's do over. everything it possibly can to get away <laughs> I from hope you. You're right about this. I am right about this. The black will get away from you, will it? And the the, bra- yeah, what, the, the brown, brown will run at you. Well, the brown slide at you. Well, I've heard stories about browns chasing people on right on mowers. No. Yes, I have. Who told you that? The plumber that came out to fix something Who? one day, he said that he's had a brown chasing him. Oh, on- he turned it up. <laughs> he he said, chased him on a right on mower. Had, he chased the brown. <laughs> he disturbed Come the brown. On. He disturbed the brown. <sighs> he chased him on the right on mower. He parked the right on mower. He went inside to have a cup of tea. He heard the right on mower going. He came out, <laughs> and the snake is sitting there driving his right on mower, finishing the lawn's <laughs> for True story, Gary. <laughs> True story. Righto. And my neighbour, Bryzer, yeah. always tells me this, right? Yeah. And he grew up, in, he's a high country kid. He yes. grew up in the, he went to a school, there might have been only five kids in the school. Right. And, and they're snakes. all his siblings. <laughs> and, <the> snake. <laughs> and snakes. And he tells me, so I've, had, I've got this on good authority, that the black snake eats the brown snake. Blacks eat brown. The black eats the brown. So in the snake world, yeah. the black is more aggressive than the brown towards other snakes. But not to humans, because the browns chase you on your mower. <laughs> That's right. Oh, I've it all. And what about, can it, because we used to swim in the, in the, I told you this, we used to swim yeah. in the channel. Mm. And there's always snakes. Mm. But they, I don't know, this is true. They say they can't, a snake can't bite you in the water. That's not true. <laughs> okay, why is that not true? Because it's not true. How do you know? Have you been bitten in the water? No, but I know that they can chase you in the water. I've yeah. seen them chase you in the water. Oh, so that what? After they mowed the lawns, they come and chase you in the water? No, no, they went inside and put on their speedos. <laughs> <laughs> they can't buy you in the water because they- They like a one-legged said- speedo too, you know that, don't you? If you're going to buy speedos for a snake, <laughs> you sew one of the legs up. What about the tiger? <laughs> the tiger snake was one- They're aggressive too. Big up in Kyabra. Mm, mm. They're a channel snake, the tiger. I just told you that. Mm. My sister, Tracy, who doesn't get spoken about enough on the podcast, they mm. had massive issues with tiger snakes around the house. She thinks they built their house on a snake farm, a snake hole, well, a that- snake nest. <laughs> what is it called? <laughs> <laughs> all made, those things. All of them. All those things yeah. can, can be used. Yeah. And then anyway. Panch reckons he put out a snake vibrating system and oh, swears by it. No, I've tried the vibrator. He swears by it. No, it doesn't work. It well, doesn't you work. You've got the wrong Vibrator. No, we had them snake, sitting. Snake we, we had them. Well, we had them sitting no, out in the garden. That's a whole different. That's a whole different <laughs> podcast, Brooksy. Don't look at us like that. They sh- they're supposed to sort of like wobble a little he, bit. Hey, he swears by them. Well, I'm I'm happy if he if it's been successful for him, that's yeah. okay. But I found a snake nesting right next to the, the vibrator. Which wasn't vibrating enough. 
Well, mate, really? Well, yeah, but they're solar. They're operated. They're solar operated. So well, they right. sit out in the sun, and then they're supposed to fire up all the time. Yeah. Well, it was vibrating, and the snake was. Now that I come to think of it, you know it and had it on. And the snake had a smile on it. <laughs> <laughs> the female snakes. You got a little female. <laughs> well. And then Breeny, who's a more, mm. he's a farm man. He mm. he's got snake f- uh, wire, the snake sort of mesh. Right. You know what that is. Yes, I've um, cr- cr- you know Craig Willis. He told me about this. He said if you want to catch a snake, you do that. You well, put, I just told you that. Yeah, you put it. Yeah, but you you put a sardine like a, 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 a get sardine. A, get a can of sardines. Empty the can, can of sardines so it starts to stink a bit. You put that in the middle of the mesh, uh-huh. and the snake will go looking because it'll. It'll be alerted to the smell. It'll get there. It'll wind its way through the wire, but it won't be able to get back out again. That's right. And you get six cats as well. <laughs> they all come for the sardines. I haven't heard the sardines, but Breeny does that. He puts that around, mm. and then they they get themselves tangled up. Yes, and then you can catch them. We're going to get all the greenies come after. Then you can, no, no, but then Pro, no, no. The next part I don't think that, Breeny does that. Boy. No, then you catch them and you release them. Oh, is that yeah. what you do? Yeah. yeah. Do you handle Do you handle a snake or not? Uh, no, I won't touch it. No, no, I don't like it. I don't like. I won't touch it. I get the shovel out and just shift them like that. I've only I've seen I've seen snakes down at the dam, which is a long way away from where we are. But then last year there was a black mm. on the driveway, which was a hundred meters from the property where the house. So I looked at it, and it looked at me, <laughs> and he was coming towards the, the shed. And I'm going, don't. Don't, please don't come here because then yeah. I'll have to do something. And he kept coming. So I got the tractor out. And? I chased him away with the Kubota. <laughs> you chased him. I chased it off with the Kubota. They can, a snake, they're fascinating, the snakes, because they can, they, they disappear into the ground. You can't even see a hole and they just, somehow they just find like just a, a, a split in the ground, a crack in the ground and they, they're gone. Jeez, there's some farmers listening to this will be thankful mm. that we've, we've, We've well, we've just alerted them to the fact that it's snake season. That's, <laughs> a, that's the thing about it. They'll be thinking, wow, now I'll be able to go out with a greater deal of confidence and, and, and be aware when I'm mowing the lawns mm. and I get my tractor. I chased, I chased it for 500 metres on the tractor. Just Every now and then when it stopped, <laughs> I'd get the bucket down and give it a little nudge. <laughs> Off you go. <laughs> chased it right across. Chased it all the way right, to Red Hill. Right across the paddock. <laughs> and uh, that was the end of it. So... Be careful out there. Mm. Uh, the bottom line is from your two farming mates, Wispy and old Garrity, yep. it's snake season. Be That's careful. That's right. Don't get bitten this summer. You're listening to The Rabbit Hole with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson. For tyre power, enter the Vegas competition by Fort Toyo Open Country Tyres, your trusted tyre experts. Tyre power. Hey, we like to give our little recipe every now and then, uh, something easy, something that we enjoy eating, and then you could go and do it, because we don't need the fancy stuff. Or you might no. do your highbrow- No, I don't. No, I don't. I like the Francis basic stuff. Mormon no, but that's just- That's just that's highbrow? Uh, no, that's just not highbrow yes, at all. Is. No, he just likes cooking on uh, fire and coal and stuff like that. There's nothing highbrow about it, but we love food. Yeah, well, and we love Cobham Estate, Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil. It's grown, harvested, and first cold pressed in northern Victoria, the best- Olive oil in the world, Wisp. In the world. In the world. And you were talking about uh, something that you like to cook uh, during the week, and I think that you might even make it a birthday special. Is that fresh, right? Just I like a fresh bread, 
you can get your bread wherever you want, mm. as long as it's fresh. A white bread. I I like the uh, um, what is it? Baker's, Baker's delight. delight white bread. High fiber, low GI. Yep. Get the there's a little at the butcher, a little chorizo meatball kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Then you flatten it. Get a little bit of um, uh, glad wrap. Mm-hmm. Put the ball in there and then flatten it out so it's right. very thin. Then it becomes a right. thin patty and then just olive, bit of a cover mistake, olive oil in the pan. Give it a searing mm-hmm. and then that into a piece of fresh bread. With a, and then I get an egg mm-hmm. and I just lightly scramble the egg. Whack that on top, then a bit of nice cut tomato, thick cut tomato. Right. Then a little bit of beetroot. Mm. Then a nice little bit of cos lettuce. Mm. Smack that down. That's as good a sang as you'll have. Well, uh, right there. Have right you, there is uh, as good a sang as you'll you have. Have you left something out though? Because I know you're a big condiment man. And I'm going to pay you the ultimate condiment here. Yes. Do you like a little bit of seeded mustard or something? No, I do not. No, I do not, because the chorizo's got it's got all that in it already. Right. It's not just a, it's not a hamburger. No it's, mayo. No mayo. I might maybe have a little thin slither of um, relish. Relish mm. sometimes. Beautiful. But that that mm. on a bread mm. cut in half mm. with a little you chomp into that. That's as good as it gets. I love the sound of that. Yeah. So go home and have. Uh, where do I get that chorizo ball? I think that's at uh, Peter Boucher. <laughs> Peter Boucher. Or Boucher. I don't know how you pronounce it. Boucher. Is it? Boucher. I say Boucher. Boucher. Anyway, they're, um, they're just a- You don't uh, get those on one way, though, too, by the way. Well, that's why that's why they're not an everyday event, Tim. Yeah. They're a special birthday edition. Yep. And? I'll be having one of them today. And as Charlie Sutton always says- Keep it what? Shop early. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, what else we got to enlighten our audience with before we go? We haven't even spoken about Maynard and Brayshaw because we're out. We've, we've oh, we've done that. That's a death. rabbit hole that yeah, has been no. well, well traversed. In I'm the last pretty sure people had enough of that. Um, but Braden Maynard's free to play, and um, that's okay. They had the hearing. They've had a big in-depth hearing, and they've arrived at that. So I'm glad they had the hearing. I did touch. I did want to touch on this though because um, we did talk about this briefly on our radio program, and that was I said to you about the automated cars, the driverless cars that are now operating in different parts of the world. In LA, and I'm pretty sure it's Atlanta, you can get this non-driving car that'll pick you up and take you to the airport. And you have said to me on numerous occasions, not on your Nelly will you be hopping into a driverless car. But I reckon in five years' time, you will be. It's a very brave person, a very brave person that takes the first trip in one of them. Oh, well, they've already taken it. They're all way beyond where you think what, they they're are. they're already doing it. They're they? already doing it. They're already they're doing it. There's a service in LA and there's also a service, I'm pretty sure it's Atlanta um, in, in in America where they'll pick you up, like like your Uber service, yeah. and they'll just turn up and there'll yeah. be a- And you sit in the back and there's no one in the front. There's no one there. I couldn't do it. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. <laughs> Who could I yell at for not taking, the, getting in the right lane? They'll take all the right lanes. Will they? Yeah, because it's going to be, it, it'll all be computer driven, right? So Until, what they'll yeah, do is they'll plan right. the trip and yeah. to avoid the traffic. That's right. Until it's not. Until the battery, someone connects the wrong terminal, the battery, and they come to a set of lights and they see it red, but it computes green. And I think you've been too cynical about uh, the technology probably, that's I available. Probably am. I probably am because I also saw the trucks, the self-driving trucks. Mm. And your mind goes to the I, – I know they wouldn't do it. Yeah. But it's just hard to get your head out. I'd be more open to a 
Jetson-style little mini helicopter. No, I don't want to go off the ground. They're I'd rather ca- stay on the ground. In. Yeah, they're, they are. They're but coming in. I want to stay on the ground. Yeah, well, I'm, I wouldn't. And you know the You'd thing- You'd rather stay on the ground with no one driving your yes. car. Yes. You know the thing that you and I will never, ever get, though? Yeah. A rideless mower. A rideless Kubota uh, no, no, that's exactly right, because they would never do as good a job as we do. No, but also it would take the joy out. Like, that is something that is a joyful experience for people. We can get them already. You get them like a vacuum. Mm. They're like a round thing. You just put them out and <sighs> away they go, and they just <laughs> constantly. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> Stupid idea. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. Hey, um, my cat, I haven't spoken. We could do a... A segment on yeah, pumpkin. Yeah, it's it's a fat cat. He's a big cat. Yeah, and he's got an insatiable, insatiable appetite to eat. It's not my cat anymore. I don't really mm. like it. No, Kinda, you, well, no, you, you like do. It. Don't say that because I've you do like, like this cat. You talk about it all the time. I don't talk about it. Yes, all the you time. do. Far too much for my liking. I think it's got amnesia. Did I have? have I spoken to you no, about this? No. I think it might have amnesia because it, it gets fed. Mm. And then the next time you walk in two minutes later in the kitchen, it comes and looks at you and wants more food. Right. And it does that all day. Right. And you keep feeding it. What should I do about that? <laughs> don't feed it. No, I don't. I don't. How many times do you feed your cat? I'm going to get fed six times a day. <laughs> Are you a responsible cat owner or do you let your cat just sort of wander off there? That's no, an inside cat. What do you mean it's an inside cat? It doesn't go outside. Oh, it goes out under the It's belt. never allowed to go outside, so it, don't hunt, it doesn't hunt birds. That's what I'm saying. Tim. It couldn't catch a bird if it landed on its head. <laughs> Big fat thing. It just sits there. If you look, unless it, unless a bird flew into its mouth, <laughs> it would never catch a bird ever. It, it, what type of cat is it? It's a, a British shorthair. A British shorthair, yeah. 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 So they are sort of a roundish, biggish cat anyway, aren't they? Well, they're not supposed to be, but when we went to get it from Marupna, mm. it was a kitten, mm. and Nicky and I went to Marupna, and this guy was a cat pretty short-haired cat breeder, right. and he got to his house, oh, and he no. had cats for Australia. Right? Did he look like a cat? Yes. And anyway, he, he brought out Pumpkin, who was a beautiful little ball of wool, mm. and we everyone fell in love with him. Yeah. Everyone. All kittens are beautiful. And he said, do you want to see his dad? you want to see the dad? And I, mm. yeah, I go, yeah, no. Well, he brought out a small pony. <laughs> <laughs> he carried this thing out. <laughs> It was as it was as big as a small dog. I see, he goes, oh, this is a champion. This this is a champion. He can't move, but yeah. he's a champion. And he he obviously was still fully loaded because right. he was a breeder. Right. And that that's what Pumpkin would have got to had he not been. Ah. Massive, massive cat. Right. You don't need a cat that big, though, do you? Not really. No. But I, I just didn't. I wanted to get your advice on whether you, have I helped you? Not really. But what, what, what was the question? Can't remember. It's just a fat cat. Well, no. The question was don't keep feed, don't keep feeding it. Though. But then it just goes. Wow. Well, put him outside. Yeah. Then he gets cold. <laughs> Bring him back in. <laughs> I told you about Brando. Now he wants three mattresses. Oh, you yeah, tell me. Tell us that. <laughs> that. That is a great story. Well, we we bought him a dog bed. He's a big dog, yep. so he's got his one mattress, right. and then. I was at the market, the South Melbourne market one day, and I saw this sort of, um, it wasn't really a dog bed or mattress. I thought, oh, Brendan might like that. So I got him another one. So I'd sit 
the thinner mattress on top of the thicker mattress. Right. And then because we were taking him in the car and we needed to take out, we had a mattress for him down at Glen Maggie, another one back in Melbourne. But yeah. we ended up having the two mattresses plus his original bed in the car. So he's a three mattress so dog. So now he's a three mattress dog. If you put out a two mattress. Tell us what happened when Susie had him the other day. Just stares at you. <laughs> <laughs> he just stands there. And won't lie down what? until you get the third mattress. And then what happens? He's happy. <laughs> He's happy. He's comfortable. Oh, come on. He man. wags his tail and down he goes. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, they're funny, aren't they? I love they it. They are funny. I love dogs. All right. Um, are you going to get a new Apple what? An Apple, a new Apple phone? Um, uh, iPhone 15. Um, yeah, I'm going to get it's coming up on the 22nd of September. Okay. You going to get one of them or not? Because you're not very good with technology. I'm going to get a Fuji. Are you, getting, are, you going, are you getting the Granny Smith or the Fuji? <sighs> iPhone 15. Same, what, cable, uh, no. same charging cable as Max Android phones. Uh, it's got better camera. It's no. got better voice isolation. Mm. You going to get one? No. Are you got, uh, I'm happy with my phone. I've got to work out how to put on the international Rome and be oh, on yeah, the go last, on a holiday. That's right. The last rabbit hole. I'm just going to give this as a... Um, notice for next week. So your big trip coming up. How how yeah. how comfortable are you talking about it? No, I'm un- there's uh, there's a couple of aspects of the trip that we'll talk about in more detail. But I'm uncomfortable about hiring a car and driving and Why? the navigation. Why? Well, I've been told about be careful with the navigation because the navigation will be in the car. Not in English necessarily, even though you think it's going to switch to English. Tim, that's rubbish. Every navigation has in- options, language options. Well, anyway. What sort of car is it? In preparation for that, I've been watching a lot more French movies and a lot more Italian film e- as well. Again, France and Italy. France and Italy, yeah. Wow. So down through pa- Paris, down okay. into Provence. That's enough. I'm going to call time on this podcast. <laughs> tomorrow, no, sorry, tomorrow. <laughs> Next week will be a travel podcast. Okay. We might go through Wisp's itinerary. What do you think? Oh, I'm happy to do that. Yeah. I'm happy to do that. Well, I'm not bragging about a trip. It's just this is what we're doing. Trip. No, it, we can we can brought, we can go down the travel rabbit hole. Yeah, happy to do that. I'm happy to do that because I need a couple of bits of advice from people. And oh, I've done it. Well, yes, I know, but you drove. This is one of my favourite stories of all time. You drove to around Italy. Yes. You didn't go into Rome. No. Because you thought there was too much traffic. A hundred percent. And you weren't comfortable about driving. Well, too in much Rome. traffic. There's traffic everywhere. So I went around. One of the greatest cities in the world, and you avoided it. that because you didn't want to drive. I saw it. <laughs> I saw the Leaning Tower of Pisa. That's not I, in Rome. 120 kilometres out, I looked out the window. I said, "Geez, that thing's crooked," and kept going. I'm not a big. I'm not culturally. I'm better now than I was. Nah, you're there. a lot better now. But next week we'll do the travel. Uh, with the travel. Can't section. wait. Hey, it's been a lot of fun. We've got finals also coming up as well. So uh, we'll have a chat about that next week as well. But that has been the rabbit hole for Thai Power. Get your free five minute safety check.